Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and I'm an avid book lover and I really love listening to authors tell their story. So, in each episode of Inside Books, we chat to well-known authors and we also update you on other news from the books world. You'll find Inside Books on SoundCloud and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, ensuring you never miss an episode. Our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE, where you'll also find news about some great book events happening around the country. Catherine Fulvio is a chef who owns and runs Ballynockin House and Cookery School in Wicklow. She's also an award-winning author of six cookbooks and has presented a range of television series. When she isn't on TV, writing books or hosting cookery classes, she can be found making appearances at festivals and events all over the world. So Catherine, welcome. And we'll touch on all of those aspects, I suppose, during our chat. But first, when did the cooking actually start? Oh my goodness, Brida. I think the cooking started when I was very young. My mother opened a farmhouse bed and breakfast, uh, I think even before I came along, because we are 50 years as a farmhouse B&B in 2019. Oh wow, well so done. It's a, it's, a, it's a long running thing, but mum cooked at the time three meals a day for guests. That was breakfast, lunch and dinner. So she couldn't do that single-handedly. So we, as kids, were drafted into the kitchen and we learned very early on about peeling, slicing, dicing and how to bring dishes together and to appreciate good food. So it was always there. All of the basics you got. All of the basics, unbeknownst to me. And then I went off and I decided to study PR and marketing and got my degree and did different things. But eventually came back home to the bed and breakfast and really, really wanted to show people what I knew about food and what I, you know, it's cooking skills, cooking techniques. So I converted the old milking parlour on the farm into a cookery school. And that was 14 years ago now. OK, well done. So did you come back home with that plan in your head to develop a career as a chef? Yes, definitely. I was taking over the running of the, the farmhouse bed and breakfast, but I wanted to take it to another level. And I knew that in, because we're in the countryside, um, we're close to Dublin, but we're still in the countryside and off the beaten track. So in order to get people to come to us, I felt I needed something stronger, not just the accommodation and, and dinner. So I wanted something more worthwhile for people like an experience. And I thought a cooking experience would be exactly down our street because we have our own food, we grow our own vegetables, soft fruits, herbs and the likes. We're lamb farmers as well and we were dairy farmers. So we know an awful lot about food production and I thought that would be a key to get people into us. So basically you took everything you had, you nearly developed it and packaged it up, started raising awareness and that's sort of when it when the magic started happening. Yes, indeed. And then when I started, um, having worked in PR, I, I knew a few journalists and one particular uh, lady, uh, Lucinda Sullivan, she was in connection with um, Ireland AM TV3 and Lucinda asked me would I like to do a live cooking slot on that. So That was nerve-wracking, was it? Unbelievable. (laughs) I can actually still feel the shaking, thinking of it and that was many years ago and I remember cooking Wicklow lamb. I remember everything about it because I was so terrified but I actually enjoyed it when it was all over. I enjoyed it. That was the key when it was all over. And then after that then I did a lot more with Ireland AM and loved it. And I heard then that RT were doing screen tests. So I went off, trotted down to Fermoy and did a, a screen test. And um, they asked me what to cook something unique. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I could I could cook anything, couldn't I? And then I absolutely love Italian food. My husband is Sicilian and we were offering Italian cookery classes in our cookery school. And I thought, well, that's 
fairly unique for Ireland Mm -hmm. and we were bringing credibility with it because of the Sicilian influence and having stayed so long in Sicily and, and, and that. So I said, I cook Italian. And uh, I thought it was a total disaster, to be very honest. I, I, I was a very long drive home from Fermoy thinking, I've really blown that one. Why did you think that? I just, it was such a big thing for me because I knew it was so important. And this was a really big opportunity for me to, not for me personally, but for the business. Right. If I got a TV series, oh my goodness, it would just be fantastic for Ballynock and Cookery School, wouldn't it? And that's where I was coming from. And I just felt I hadn't got the confidence. But Even though tr- in the cookery school you were teaching people, so you're up in front of a number of people and you're talking them through the whole process. So you would have thought the confidence would be there. Absolutely, but it's very, very different where it's you on your own and then there's just, there's a darkness in the background and there's cameras and lights and you can't see beyond the camera, but you know there's a lot of people looking at you and it's quite nerve-wracking. You know, it's they're lovely people, but <laughs> but it doesn't help when you're it's your first time doing something like that. But it was the importance of the moment. I had already done it on live TV very frequently, but it was actually the importance of the moment and what hung on that. So I was quite surprised when I got a call a couple of weeks later to say, yeah, we really liked that. We've made a little segment about it. We've sent it off to the British channels. They like it. They want to co-fund it. So it's going to be RT and UK TV food. It's going to go on both channels at the same time and we're going to do an Italian TV series. Wow. And I literally had to go, I'll ring you back in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go and just think about that. Exactly. So that's sort of where, as we say, it all did really kick off. And as you said, it was raising awareness and profile, obviously, for, for Ballynockin as well. So when did the books happen? Well, it came from that because the TV series was filmed in Sicily and it was beautiful. It's still shown all over the world. I, I'm still amazed. I get emails from... It's on the Food Network in Asia at the moment. I get emails from Brazil. I get emails from Canada to say people have seen it and how much they enjoyed it. But it was all about Sicilian food and making Italian food reachable for Irish people. And then at the same time, I contacted um, now Gill Books, Gill and Macmillan at the time. Um, We had a good old chat. So you contacted them first? I did, yeah. I did. And I said, look, I've got this idea. I'd love to do an Italian cookbook based on the series and a bit more as well. And that's how it started. That was my first book. And so did they have to be convinced? It did take a bit of discussion at the time because I was new to them. And, you know, I think... And at the time there wasn't, social media was only starting. Mm. So I couldn't say, oh, I have this many followers on Twitter. Or I have that many followers on Instagram. I, and I had nothing to prove. And other your than profile was starting, I suppose, yes. in terms of the TV side. And it's a so. big investment. You see, it's not just my time and me writing the book and the recipes. Not. It's a massive investment on behalf of the book company. So they need to know you're going to take it places. And as it happened, it got reprinted many, many, many times. Which is fantastic. So mm. you went with the Italian theme for the first book and you've had other themes since then. So what else have you had? So we've done, um, we've kind of done Italian, Irish, Italian, Irish. <laughs> as, as they, I've done Stick with what you know. I did Catherine's Family Kitchen when my children were younger, uh, all about nice homely food with lovely flavours. I've done Eat Like an Italian, which won the Cookbook of the Year Award and that's based on the Mediterranean diet. That's a highly popular cookbook. Uh, the Weekend Chef, because a lot of people get into the kitchen at the weekends and they relax and they just want to experiment at the weekend. So it's getting out of the, the daily tasks of cooking and just into the fun end of cooking at the weekend that again was very popular. Bake Like an Italian, very, very popular. And um, more recently, uh, 
it's a, the Ballynocken cookbook and it's it's the one we're currently promoting and it's Catherine's A Taste of Home. And many of them were quite tied in then with the, the TV programmes you were doing. Tied in with TV but also tied in with themes that we were doing in the cookery school. Right. Because the great thing about running a cookery school is you know what works. You know what people like, what recipes they like, what themes they like. Um what flavours they like. And that's where, for example, The Weekend Chef came out of it because we learned early on that a lot of people do like that relaxing time at the weekends, especially the gentlemen, to get in and maybe do the Sunday lunch or do an afternoon tea or a dinner party on a Saturday night or a curry night on a Friday night. So that's where... The so that's where your audience about. research was. Yes. Yeah, which is great. Okay, so let's chat about the nuts and bolts then, I suppose, of of pulling a cookbook together because I've always been quite interested in this. So you've decided on the theme. You know what you're going to be sort of focusing on. So what happens next? It, uh, I won't lie, it's a huge job. To prepare a cookbook, It's it requires a lot of research and a lot of proofreading and a lot of testing. But what you start with. So you've got your theme, say it is something like The Weekend Chef. You have to have a vision in your mind. How am I going to divide the chapters out? Once you've got an idea of how the chapters unfold, then you start thinking of populating it with the recipes. You invariably should end up with a lot more recipes than you ever intend to put in the cookbook. Most cookbooks would have about 100, 120 recipes. That many? Yes. Some would have a lot more. It depends. The consumer likes coloured photographs. So when you try to slot coloured photographs in with them, you have to whittle it down to about 100 to 120 recipes. And then you have your big long list of recipes. This is very important. You then have to look at the recipes and you have to start checking one off against the other. Because in one chapter, there could be five beef recipes and another chapter, there could be three beef recipes. And you might find, actually, there's no pork recipes here. There's no lamb recipes. balance. So you have to make sure you have a balance of ingredients for consistency in the book and that it still fits for people's palates. Absolutely. Well, it's primarily, yes, so that when they look at the book, they think there's something there for everybody. I can cook any dish in here and I'll please people. Are you using recipes then you already have or are you developing new ones? Um, In a lot of cases, I'm developing new ones because the ones I already have might have been used in previous cookbooks. (laughs) So you are always thinking ahead. And as well as that, you're looking at food trends. Um, You've also got to bear in mind flavours. I'm a big person for flavour. To me, Everything is about flavour. Obviously, the final presentation is important, but it's about building layers of flavour in a dish. And how do you add in that extra little bit, whether it's a a zest of lime here or a little bit of Chinese five spice there. But what you've got to do is you've got to go back at that book and make sure that you haven't got everything with Chinese five spice in it or everything with soy sauce in it before you know what you're doing an Asian cookbook. You've got to have that balance of ingredients and balance of international and Irish recipes, depending on your theme, of course. And then recipe testing. So you have to make sure the recipes work. So you've whittled it down. You'll still have more than you need for the book. Then you write the recipe as best you know. And then you test it. And the testing is vital, especially for baking. Absolutely. Unbelievable amount of work goes into testing for baking because you have to check your oven. You have to make sure your oven is operating the same as everybody else's ovens. Uh, You have to weigh everything incredibly well. And if you decide somewhere along the way to throw in a handful of chopped parsley to something, you have to document that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the testing is important. So we test the recipes before. One of my colleagues helps me with that. One of our teachers in our cookery school helps me with that. So we test them before they get to photography, but we test them again at photography time. Okay, just to be sure, because it's funny, I have friends who don't actually like certain cookery books because they say the recipe never works because the quantities aren't right. Oh, no, that's not good. Yeah, yeah so no, no it ha- every recipe has to be tested. Mm. Um, and I think as well, you have to be careful when you're writing a recipe to 
to mention, you know, that ovens will vary mm-hmm. because there will be people who will follow a recipe really to the letter of the law and they might put something in for 30 minutes in their oven and it might come out and it might just not be set. So just or to have might, those caveats just, just yeah, in so case. I always say to people, check your oven at this point um, or, you know, make sure you weigh your flour properly at this point. All of those little things are very, very important. And how do you decide on the level of skill required for the recipes? So, you know, are they for a good chef or someone like me who's not really that into cooking? I think it's very important that you follow through on the type of person you are and the business that you run. And I run a cookery school for everybody where people can come and learn how to cook in a fun environment, even if they're just starting out or if they're advanced. I give tips and ideas right from beginning to level, high level. So on that basis, I write my cookery books to reflect that. I wouldn't dream of writing a cookery book uh, that a Michelin restaurant chef would use. Mm -hmm. That's not going to help my profile and it's not going to reflect me. So you have to be true to yourself because your fans and your audience will know who you are as an author. Your brand. Yeah, Yeah. they will know who you are as an author and they know what to expect then when they pick up your cookbook. They Mm. know that that's a very reliable cookbook where all the recipes are tested, where the food tastes amazing, it's full of flavour, where the recipes will definitely work, but also recipes that... Um, they can make themselves in the kitchen. So you've got the recipes, you've got the theme first, obviously the recipes, we've done all the the quantities. Photography then, it's just so important in a cookbook. Photography is vital and we work very closely with a few key photographers, one in particular, and I'm always on site for all of the food photography with my colleagues. We would have a team of people because we're retesting the recipes. But again, the photography has to reflect who you are as an author or your style. We're based on a farm, fresh farm food. We've got a Victorian farmhouse. So all our imagery reflects that. There's no point in us going for, you know, black slates and white porcelain with and keeping it really kind of almost naked. Mm-hmm. We have to reflect who we are. And that's why it's important that I'm there because the props are vital. Exactly. The presentation of the food is vital. And also, don't forget because it happens every single time. The photographer might say, mm, yeah, for the photograph that could do with a little something, I'm just going to put, you know, a little few herbs across the top. So you have to pick up your pen and you have to go back to the recipe and you've got to go add parsley. Garnish. Yeah, because yeah. really it irks me personally if I'm looking at a food photograph and it does not reflect the recipe whatsoever. I remember once looking at a photograph where there were actually, um, you know, those little charlotte potatoes roasted in a tray and the recipe was for um, uh, rooster potatoes. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And do you work with a stylist then in that sense? Is there somebody there who helps you style everything? We have our own in-house stylist who does all our food styling for us, Sharon, and she's absolutely fantastic. And the photographer we generally work for, work with for the cookery book is Harry Weir and he has a great eye for styling as well. So between the two of them, with me stuck in the middle, it's almost like a marriage made in heaven. You figure figure it all out. The next bit then is about the, the writing aspect of the book. Do you get involved in that whole creative writing area or do you get help? Oh no, I do it all myself. I think it's very important. Again, I'm sounding like a broken record, but it has to reflect who you are. But that's so, so important. you can't pay somebody else to write an introduction for you because it's clinical. It, it's not your personality. So I write things about stories that um, I've experienced 
you know, experience food wise, uh, various things I've tasted, why I'm doing this in this chapter. It has to reflect me. Now, there are parts of the book, particularly the latest book, The the Taste of Home, where it's instructional. So there's introductions to the chapters and then you follow on to instructions where it's this is how you cook fish properly and so on. So that's more factual. But if you want to bring your personality out in a cookbook, you have to tell your story and your recipes have to tell your story. So that's why it's nice to have a little introduction at the top of a recipe to say, you know what, I had this in a restaurant when I was on holidays in Rome and I just really wanted to share this with you so I've recreated it. You know, just a little story just to bring the reader in so they understand that it's you, that it's your your person that's gone into this. And what reaction have you had over the years to the books? Oh, fantastic reactions. Really fantastic. And I do cookery demonstrations around the country and I think nearly everybody must already have one of my books <laughs> because I've written six and there's still queues of people going, can I buy a book? <laughs> and how many, any idea how many you've sold? Oh, I wouldn't have any idea whatsoever. But I just, I really enjoy it. But it's a phenomenal amount of work and I think that's important to say. It takes a whole year, by the way. We haven't even talked about the length of time. Yeah. It takes a full year from start to finish to do a book and the proofreading of it is... Absolutely. You know, the book publisher... Um, will provide um, somebody to help you with the layout of it and the design of it and all of that and somebody who would proofread it. But don't forget, the proofreader might not necessarily be a cook. Like it's a proofreader, that's that's their business. So if you've written a recipe for orange drizzle cake and you've left the orange out, they might not spot that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's very important that you proofread it yourself a number of times and get your colleagues to do the same. I pass it around to everybody. Like, I can just see their eyes glaze when the cookbook comes in. I was going, here, have a read of that now. <laughs> they don't want to be reading it. They want to be eating the recipes that you've created in it. And again, you know, we've had so many great chefs and we've cookery books to beat the band, you know, local and international. So there must be pressure every time you bring out a book to, to get it right, I suppose, and that it'll sell. Very much so. And... Uh, the theme for cookbooks has changed or the the demand for cookbooks has changed a lot. We're now looking at a lot more healthy type cookbooks rather than practical day-to-day cookbooks. And it also depends on your TV profile as to how cookbooks sell. And I think it's very important that you try and keep it fresh. That's why I've always gone with different themes from family to weekend chef to Italian to baking because you always want different recipes. It's important that you don't repeat anything and that you bring something new to the table every time. All the time. And then the publicising aspect. Obviously, you know, you will have some platforms like your own social media areas. And if you're doing demos on TV, which is great, but you do have to get out there. You have to tell people about it. There's a lot of fun aspects to writing a cookbook. One of them is all that tasting and testing. That's good. (laughs) But getting out and about is actually really good fun. It requires time. You have to make sure you're around for it and you're willing and able to do it. But and now with social media, it's extended even further because now you're doing little clips for social media to promote it in addition to knocking on the doors of the radio stations and you know the TV stations and promoting your book but without the promotion it's harder to make that sale so you have to be out there telling everybody what you've just done And I've always thought that promoting cookbooks on TV is very straightforward but on radio it's so hard because people can't see anything you're doing. So do you you cook something in advance and bring it in so the presenter can taste it or how do you do that? Yeah, a lot of times it's really nice to bring in something so that they can describe it at least and munch away as you're talking and I suppose as well the presenter is probably been brought more into it when they can actually see really nice food in front of them as well. So yeah, that that definitely works. And when, any idea, like when is a good time to bring out a cookbook? Is there a particular time of the year where they'll sell more? It depends on the theme. If it's more of a health 
cookbook, they usually come out around January because sure, we all start New Year with the Don't best of all. intentions. <laughs> so that's a really good time for a book like that to come out. There's no point in bringing that out just in the, you know, as a Christmas cookbook. Well, it might sell, depends on who the purchaser is, but it's more effective in January, traditionally. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll see cookbooks really coming on stream from September onwards. By November, it's a bit late. It would want to be out by the October bank holiday weekend. And they're aiming for the Christmas market as well. Definitely for the Christmas market because cookbooks are gift books. Um, It's probably one of the main reasons why they're purchased is as part of a gift. So, you know, you know somebody likes cooking and if you've you've got it signed. And oh, that's the other thing, of course, we, we... forgot to mention when you're out and about publicising it you go into the bookshops Mm -hmm. and you sign all the cookbooks which is great then because you know Mary can come in and buy it for her husband because he likes to cook and look it's signed by Catherine Fulvio And would you cook and bring some I don't know baked goodies or anything to any of those signings like would people have an expectation that you'll be there with your your little cakes to hand out So the kind of signings that I do are just I sit in a quiet corner and I just fly through them and I run around town and I cover as many bookshops as, as possible I don't do a an open signing where people can come and meet me and a meet and greet because it takes a phenomenal amount of time. So for just those signings where you're in the shop, I wouldn't bring cake because there's too many valuable books there. <laughs> I had a very near miss in a book signing once where I was actually, my books were piled up on a display on the centre aisle and I was sign, 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 sign. And I got to the last book, flipped it over and I was just about to put my signature on it when I realised it wasn't my cookbook at all. <laughs> you were signing away to Jamie Oliver or somebody else, yeah, you know? exactly who it was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that, you know, I, I know it was a very quick run through how it works, but it's just fascinating to, to get an insight into it. So what else are you up to at the moment? Well, I have my TV series Tastes Like Home, which is all about I take a recipe from a family in Ireland abroad to somebody who's emigrated and I recreate it abroad. It's actually a sneaky way of getting to do a lot of food travel because I end up in beautiful cities seeing all these farmers markets and trying all these like I was in Korea, South Korea last year and in Mexico trying all this beautiful food Great and concept. bringing that to the TV screens back home in Ireland. And it's it's a food travel show really and it's 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 also very much a local sh- show because it feels very homely. And of course, we've Lords and Ladles coming back out as well, which is a fantastic show with Paul Flynn, Derry Clark and myself, if I may say so. And it's all about historic food in Ireland, where we're in the old family homes of Ireland, the big manor houses and castles creating historic menus. Fantastic. Sounds great. Well, we will all be watching and we'll be reading. Catherine Fulvio, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books. You'll find all of Catherine's books in bookshops, but also on her website, catherinefulvio.com. Now, the next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books IRE. And if you want to hear other episodes, search for us on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production.